Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 31, third episode of 2022. How about that? Um, all right, guys, uh, I'm man, I'm I'm stoked for today's episode. A lot of you know, for those of you who don't know, um, I was in a missions organization called Youth of the Mission or YWAM. A lot of you know what that is for um, quite a few years. My wife was there as well. That's how we met and we fell in love. Um, but uh, God did a lot in our time there. So we have a huge heart for missions. So our guest today, I'm super stoked uh, because he's um, he's like the model missionary, guys. Like he's he's legit and fearless and bold uh, in the name of Jesus. And so let's welcome my guest today, Robbie Dawkins, evangelist to the Middle East. What's up, man? Hey, brother. How are you, hey, Jeff? Good. I'm glad to have you back on the show. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> always good. No, always good to be with you. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I love it. So, yeah. So, okay, man, let's get right into it. What in the world is happening in Afghanistan right now? So much. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, <sighs> it's a it's it's a painful story of course you know we all watched um you know when horror back in august of what took you know the place of basically this current president um sloppy joe biden throwing uh, the whole country under the bus and yeah. you know not even seeming to care to back up or anything and uh, just uh, the devastation that that's caused of you know hundreds of thousands of millions of people in Afghanistan. And so uh, right now, currently, um, you know, we've got families in Afghanistan that uh, just one particular leader that I that I uh, was uh, talking to Sunday, who has 40 house churches under him that uh, the Taliban won't even they cut off all the Christians food supply. So they can't buy food now. And now they can't buy firewood either. And people don't realize how cold it is there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like for like California weather in in SoCal, you know, it it can be very warm in the daytime, but gets really freezing cold at night. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, you know, there, there's just, it's just, it's terrible. And so, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, uh, avenues now for, for a long time, we had different avenues to get money to them, to sustain them. And, and now we're having to go through some different channels, creative channels. Obviously I'm not going to give those on here. I don't want to mm-hmm. lose those channels, but, yeah. um, you know, to just get them food and firewood just to sustain them. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of them being cut off from their work. Many, uh, uh, thank God there were two particular guys that have been a part of my training, uh, that were, had been arrested by the Taliban that just got released yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, we were quite sure they were going to kill them. Uh, yeah. and by the grace of God, I mean, we, we got as many people privately praying for them as possible and just saying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these two guys are, you know, are, are going to be completely taken out. And, you know, by the grace of God, it, it, it they, you know, they were able to be released. So everybody keep praying uh, yeah. and, and keep praying for the underground church there. Uh, on top of that, there's one particular guy, you know, that is is sending me constant reports. He's already led 11 members of the Taliban. To Come on, man. Um, yes. And he's already and since August has already, uh, you know, brought other than Taliban people, about 20 people to Christ. So the church, you cannot stop it. It is unstoppable. 
Mm. Uh, when Jesus builds the church, it's not going to be stopped. And mm. and with all of these underground churches around the world, I mean, that's how that's what's happening is that the Lord's building the house. And, you know, they have no they don't have a network. They don't have anything else. It's just complete reliance on the Holy Spirit. But that's really the model we should be following anyway, in my opinion, Jeff. Yeah, you know, yeah. We need to be doing that from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and so uh, they're 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 doing it. They're going for it, uh, despite all the persecution, despite everything. There's so many miracles and testimonies of God, you know, showing people who had been arrested, who had been thrown in prison, how to escape, how to get out. Uh, and you know, even our our you know very own uh, U.S. military people who who actually shielded and blocked during that explosion that happened at the airport several right. months ago, uh, you know, literally protected. I met with a woman who she and her husband are a refugee now in the United States that uh, she was completely shielded and guarded by one of the U S military that lost their life yeah. protecting her and, uh, and shielding her from, you know, the shrapnel that, that would have killed her. And, uh, and so there's just incredible testimonies of, of just God's power sustaining and prevailing. And it's just been, it's incredible. And these guys are more on fire than ever before. All the Afghan refugees I meet, uh, none of them want to stay in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, the Christian refugees, all of them want to go back and take their country for Jesus. They all want to go. They were just fleeing, being killed, you know, and, and what would happen there. But they're, they're already talking to me, Robbie, let's, let's plant, you know, Dari speaking churches here uh, in the refugee areas of, of cities. You know, there's 15,000 Afghan refugees down in Houston, here in Dallas, there's 10,000 Afghan refugees. They're like, let's win these people to Christ while we have, these are the the guys who just escaped, you know, they're like, yeah, to it. Let's, let's win them to Christ. Let's yeah. go back and let's take this country for Jesus. Man. And so, you know, amidst the, you know, the horror of what our government caused and, and the, the terrible, you know, things that took place, they, they haven't lost the vision for seeing, you know, Christ fully reign uh, in the hearts of every Afghan, mm-hmm. you know, and to see that happen, they're like, let's, you know, let's start, let's let's start doing the training and the equipping now and so that we can all be sent back and see uh you know our nation be a christian nation one really capitalizing it sounds like they're really capitalizing on the fact that they're in america like which means they they're capitalizing on the freedoms that our country brings and so Um, they're saying let's seize this moment and and get equipped get trained and go back and and turn it all around so there's something interesting happening in military bases. And I know you can speak more accurately to one specific one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's been multiple, if you've heard from multiple places, but tell you done a, 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 a video on your Instagram, but just tell us what's going on. Yeah. So one of the guys that I was meeting with last week, who, who was, um, uh, you know, placed here in our area, uh, an amazing leader, uh, just an incredible, incredible man of God. Um, and he, 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 and I had heard this from another one who's was placed in another part of the country that, uh, that they had, you know, so they were had, they had them all where their dormitory basically are shipping containers on these military bases. Um, they're not staying in barracks or anything like that. They're staying in these, in these shipping containers and there'd be probably about 50 people to a container. 
and um and so which is pretty crowded for a yeah. container it's it's a little it's a little much for one thing of course they're all grateful because they're free and they're not being you know they're not afraid that they're going to be killed by the u.s military or anything like that yeah. but um you know so they were many of the of the military staff have been very gracious very kind to them but but this one particular thing happened that just when I was hearing it now for by a second person, I was like, okay, I'm going to share this publicly because now a second person had substantiated the, yep. the story. But uh, what, what happened is, is they, they erected a mosque uh, on the U S military base. This is in Virginia. And, uh, and they brought in truckloads of Korans uh, to all the Afghans. And now you have, most people don't realize uh, the Quran is written in Arabic and, uh, you know, so many people, if, if they don't speak Arabic, they don't understand what the Quran is saying. Mm -hmm. You know, you're technically not supposed to read it in another language because then it's not the Quran. And so um, so a lot of a lot of Muslims, uh, when they read the Quran, they don't understand them. They don't understand what it's saying. They, yeah, you were saying here. that backstage and I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, no, right. I had no idea. So they, they memorize surats that are told to them or ones that are communicated to them. And then, and so, you know, based on the preacher of the imam or the, or the uh, mullah who is their preacher, uh, you know, based on what they relate to them is all they know. Wow. And so, so, but the Christians were like, Hey, we're Christians. We don't read the Quran. We don't go to the mosque. You know, we want to go, they were like, there's a, chapel right over there a military chapel we want to go to church there and they were like no you can't and they're like well well why and and i mean when i first heard this i was, I was upset and i thought well maybe they're doing it for security purposes sure, yeah i mean let's let's face it those 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 chapels and those churches that are provided by the military are meant for the military staff and so uh you know but yet i've attended many of those i've gone to church on a military base multiple times hmm. not being a part of the military so yeah. it's not restricted you're not forbidden to go but they were telling them no you can't enter that you can't go into it you know you're not allowed and they were like but but you've made this mosque here we're not even uh muslim we're christians we want and could you give us a bible Another thing a lot of people don't realize is that the underground church, they hardly any of them have Bibles. Now, part of the reason for that is this, especially in places like Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia, it's against the law and, and you could be killed for that. And so many of them, they have Bible apps on their phones that they read the Bible from and things like that, but they don't own a physical Bible. So all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're going to this Christian country, the United States we're going to get a Bible yeah. we're get to keep a Bible. We got plenty excited. of them around. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. They're excited about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the military staff said, no, we won't give you any Bibles. Wow. Even if you're a Christian, because your country is a Muslim country and therefore we're not, we're not going to provide you a Bible. And as a matter of fact, if you share your faith or you talk about your faith with any of the other uh, refugees, you know, we'll send you back or we'll, or we'll kick you wow. out of the system. And so they were like, what? You know, and, and, and one of the leaders is like, this is supposed to be a Christian nation. At yeah. the very least, it's supposed to be freedom of religion. Why are you doing this? Why? And, and they, were, they were rebuked. And then on top of it, Jeff, one of the things that happened was that they, they appealed to the, because uh, they were on the base for about three months, and they appealed to the 
to the military staff, they said, you know, the the Muslims that are in our container, because they're all, again, sleeping in this container, they said they're persecuting us. They're physically hitting us and hurting us, and they're they're hurting our children. They're, they're, they're verbally persecuting us. They're like, could we please, can we put all the Christians in their own containers uh, or something like that so that we're not being persecuted? Yeah. And the military staff said, no. They said, the only thing you can do is go sleep out you know, under the sky. Now we're talking December and January. Yeah. It's, it's cold, you yeah. know, and it's freezing and they, they could die doing that. But that was literally yeah. their solution was just tough. You got to figure it out on your own. And, um, and these poor guys are, are just having to endure this, you know, these, this persecution that's, that's taking place. And so it just shows you, you know, how bad things are and how, Mm -hmm. how that the, you know, the uh, current administration and the government is not showing their care, even though they're saying, Hey, even some of them are like, I have a registered card that says I'm a Christian in Afghanistan, which you got to realize most of the Afghans didn't want, because again, that could be a death sentence for you. So they're doing that. So they're actually issuing them cards that have that. The Afghanistan was issuing that, you know, the Taliban, was ruling back in the nineties for a short period of time. Well, then when that lifted, uh, many of them were like, well, let's register as Christians so that part of it is, you know, they have these Muslim names, you know, Muhammad, Saeed, Amin, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Ramin, all these other names that are, that are Muslim names. And they were like, you know, we don't want these Muslim names. You know, we don't want to have that. And we want to, and that, of course, the objective of registering as Christians was eventually to show the Christian population having grown yeah. so that they could have more influence in government. They could have yeah. more influence sort in society. A, a census of sorts, sort of. Yeah, exactly. So that they could be registered that. So then it, because everybody's the stats, everybody has heard is there are zero Christians yeah. in Afghanistan. There's zero Buddhists, zero Christians. You know, all, all, and, and the truth is, is that it's not true that that the Christians are very much present, very active and very uh, much engaged. And so it's it's uh, been very frustrating, of course, for them, because here they were taking a stand even in their own countries, you know, and then to come here and to see having to make a stand of faith here and that they were begging you know, please give us a Bible, please, you know. And then we we had one um, group where I, I had uh, been in contact with somebody who said, hey, I can get a bunch of Dari Bibles, Farsi Bibles, you know, that we can uh, provide for them. And the military base said, no, you can't ship any packages. You can't. And I, I can understand a sense of security in mm-hmm. that if that's the issue. But when we clearly communicated it, they only said that when we said, well, we want to send them Bibles. And then all of a sudden it was like, no. And so yeah. uh, it's 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 just ridiculous how low we've stooped, how far we've gone, you know, into this thing of Christian persecution and uh, this Antichrist spirit, you know, that's mm-hmm. taking place, you know, within uh, the system here in the United States. But it's just been and for the Afghans, can you imagine how confused they are? Oh, my goodness. And how like, yeah, wait, absolutely. you know, this this is totally different, you know, and feeling then, a sense of relief, you know, that they're com- coming to America, yeah. albeit, you know, under the circumstances they are. But then being, f- you know, faced with those types of you know situations is not it's terrible. That's not, that's not what we're about as Americans now. OK, I have a question. Yeah. 
and this is going to be like a maybe a well duh question to you but i don't care who you voted for robbie why should people care about what's going on here stateside but also over in afghanistan why should they care you know i mean first of all as as believers you know paul makes this statement he said you know to treat those who are being persecuted you know, one of the one of the translations says, remember our brothers in chains, mm-hmm. you know, remember those who are being persecuted and to think of them as if they're your very own family, as if they're I mean, that's literally the instructions of the Apostle Paul is to mm-hmm. think of them as if it's your very own family, yeah. to care for them as if it's that we are instructed in Scripture to do that and to realize that these many of these believers, you know, they've not had that sense of solidarity. They haven't had that sense of support. Now, Mm -hmm. let me just say this, Jeff, what's been amazing to me, I have been blown away by the amount of care, concern, and love and support that the church, you know, from your viewers and and Elijah's uh, stream viewers that have stepped up and have been so compassionate, so caring. And, you know, we're, we're, we're feeding these people, we're housing them, we're taking care of them. They, they, they're in countries. I I just met with a guy, you know, he and his wife are dropped in, in the middle of a, in the, literally the middle of the United States, absolute polar, different culture form of operation. You know, we drive down the road and there's a guy riding a skateboard with bright pink hair. And he's like, what is that? You <laughs> what know? is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, you know, what, what Islamic sect is he from? You know, yeah, type yeah, of yeah. Thing. And, you know, we took him to church on Sunday and, to, and to see, my son was leading worship and, you know, see him up dancing and shouting, you know, thank you, Jesus, you know, loud in their worship. You got to realize mm-hmm. these guys are, you know, when I would go there, they're whispering in worship, not because they want to, because they're, they, it's, it's to protect them, their lives, you know, mm-hmm. that they could be killed. They could be find out, found out and be killed. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, to take them into service and then they, they, this particular church where my son is worship pastor at, you know, they're doing baptisms. And he's looking and he's going, you're openly baptizing people. And he's sort of looking around in the balcony like, is there snipers here? You know, you could be shot killed for this. Because, you know, in Iran and in Afghanistan, they'll kill you for that. And so all of a sudden, and then people telling their testimony before, you know, of how Jesus transformed and changed their life and then getting baptized. I mean, it's just this massive culture shock. Yeah. And, 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 And of course, in that, in the sense of being the church, a very blessed one. But at the same time, their world has just been upended. Everybody in every area, find out if you have refugees in your area, find out where they're at, reach out to them. They may be apprehensive. They may act a little cautious. You've got to realize these guys were used to, if you ask them if they're a Christian, that you were hitting them in the head with a brick or that you were trying Mm, to kill them, you know, afterwards. So they may be a little cautious, a little concerned, but don't even worry about asking reach out to the Muslims. They're open. They're, they're so happy to be in this country. Mm-hmm. They're so happy to be, show them the love of Christ. This is an opportunity. We've had an opportunity where the most dangerous nation in the world, you know, hundreds of thousands of their citizens just got dropped in our laps. Let's mm-hmm. seize this moment, yeah, bring the kingdom. There's not one Afghan out there that isn't saying, 
equip me and send me back. I want to take my nation for Jesus. I want to bring mm. people to Christ. You know, they're going, they're willing to go and fight and to defend their freedom too. But the biggest thing is they're like, I want to go back and I want to share the gospel. I want to bring everybody I can uh, to know Jesus and to know the transforming power that Jesus gives. And mm -hmm. so there, there's a fire that's in them. Yeah. And this is an opportunity that we have, but we are instructed by scripture. Treat them as if they're your very own family. Find out if they have needs. Most of them don't have a driver's license. Mm -hmm. They they used to drive. You got to realize that Afghan women, it's against the law for an Afghan woman to drive a vehicle or for, mm -hmm. an, for even, even a foreign woman in the country to drive a vehicle. Wow. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Most of these people, they don't have cars. They're having to go public transportation with their little kids in tow and then having to buy groceries and figure out how to get it on the bus to get it back. I mean, offer to help them, offer to serve them, offer to bless them. Um, you know, they're very fixed. They, they don't have any other money than food stamps. And so, you know, there, there, many of them are, are, are in very poor circumstances, but you got to realize our poverty is elite to them. Yeah. And so they're, they're very happy. You won't hear any of them complain about the situation. You won't hear any of them go, well, we got put in this neighborhood. They're just happy to be alive. Mm. But our instruction, why should we help, of course? And of course, throughout the scripture, you know, you had, you know, Jesus and others instructing, you know, take care of the alien, take care of the person who's not from your area, be kind to them, be loving to them, uh, be compassionate, you know, to them, show them grace in that. It, it's a biblical instruction. And of course, on top of it, many of them are our brothers and sisters yeah. who've just been dropped in the middle of, it's almost like throwing them in the middle of Mars, you know, mm. it's a whole new uh, atmosphere and experience yeah. they've never encountered. Yeah, man. So something that I've noticed, and I think we talked a little bit about this last time you were on, but it's, there's this kind of, um, one of the reasons why I, I think it's so important to not forget this, what we're talking about, to not yeah. forget what's happening in Afghanistan, what our, this administration did to cause this issue it is undeniable. Most liberals, but let's face it, most liberals know that what this this president did was dead wrong. It was wrong. And he threw this nation under the bus. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. This yeah. is not a oops circumstance. Yeah, preaching, Sorry. Yeah. This is not a oops situation. Yeah. This was calculated. They knew what would happen. They knew what transpired. You know, the Taliban comes rolling into town with pallets of money. Where did that money come from? Come on. I can guarantee you it wasn't being provided by Iran because they're in a financial crisis themselves right now. Yeah. This was something that was, I believe, and what I hear from the Afghans, released by the U.S. government somehow. And we turned over billions of dollars worth of military equipment. And, and I mean, there, there's not a, I've not talked with a military, I'm good friends with Colonel Allen West. And it's like, we blow up ignitions when we, when we have to leave the equipment like that behind. We go and make it to where the keys don't work, to yeah. where you can't turn them on. We left the keys in the Hummers. Excuse yeah. me, the Humvees and and in the tanks. Yeah. I mean, this was not an oops situation. No. And to, and to be honest and to be truthful in Please. it, we just empowered. You know, Joe Biden's attempt to make the Taliban great again succeeded. Yeah. You know, he certainly wasn't looking out for us in our in this country and for. And I know your viewers are beyond uh, this nation, but mm -hmm. I mean, let's say it, let's just say it. He wasn't trying to promote true democracy in this, right. but, but tyranny. 
and right. and and not against just the church but it, all over you know the world this is this is a disaster mm-hmm. and there is a there is a demonic plot to make a sensitivity to Islamic belief system to open this nation up and to open the Western world up and to see it as some sort of passive, loving, you know, religion. Well, let me tell you something, pull a refugee aside, a Christian, you know, refugee aside and ask them how loving they found Islam to be. Come on. You know, the truth is the truth. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not, you don't find messages like that, that are in the Quran. Mm-hmm. And so let's just be honest and let's be truthful about what what is taking place. And we, our government, our administration did that. And a, a lot of the people on the left are realizing how hideous and how uh, foolish that yeah. this was handled. And yeah. so it's uh, sorry, I interrupted you. For no, you. not at all, man. This is what I wanted. Like this is and this is why, because there's this with everything in this nation right now. And I I blame it a lot on the media the mainstream media, there's this, totally. it's like this commercialization of, of current events where it's like, you know, or you almost creates like this. It's like, whatever the hot button issue is, it's like, let's just pump that out. Let's get people talking. And then it's a flavor of the week thing. And then it's like, we move on. And it's like, I refuse to let this, this happen because uh, I know that there are countless other issues around the world where people are dying and people are hurting but this is this is one that i feel a particular burden about you know like um you know we've given to your ministry we've you know like we're my wife and i are always looking to do more and um but i just i i don't want to let this disappear into the winds of you know, forget, you know, people just forgetting it and then moving right, on to, right. I don't know, some celebrity who said some mean thing on a tweet 20 years ago or 10 years ago or whatever, right. you know? So, um, I, and you, you are getting to see people, this guy is getting to see the repercussions, immediate repercussions of this administration's, uh, failure in Afghanistan, Robbie, you're getting to see those, right? You're getting to see Absolutely. the faces of the people who are being affected by this, right? Yeah, and it's 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 you know the the stories and the and the confusion, you know. I mean, they always had the sense of you know sort of you know the big brother is still present in the country, even if it's yeah. a small amount of you know military people. At least there was a sense of presence, there was a sense of security, and I understand, you know, even uh, Donald Trump had a had a plan of withdrawing the troops. But his plan was brilliant because he was going to keep everybody, every every public official, every police officer, every mayor, governor, the president, all of them, they received their paychecks from the United States. So Donald Trump's plan was, look, you vote for, I believe in democracy, you vote for whoever you want, but we are going to pay the bill and we're going to pay for it. So his withdrawal of troops was going to be like, you're going to elect who you want, but whoever you elect, they work for us. And that was to keep a hand on the shoulder of for accountability. It wasn't to control, but it was to keep a hand. And it was actually a brilliant, brilliant plan. But of course, what happened January 20th of last year is all those paychecks stopped because Joe Biden, as soon as he gets elected, first thing he does is says, stop paying them. And so you had when the Taliban rolled into town, you had 350,000 military and police officers uh, that were Afghan military and police officers, you only had at best 75,000 Taliban. 
How did they take over the nation? Well, they rolled in with cash and they said, You're, you can't feed your family. Here's money. Lay down your weapon. You know, walk away from your position. We're now in charge and you can feed your family. Man. Well, this their families were starving. So they took the deal. I don't agree with them taking it. I wish they would have fought to some extent at least, but they, you know they were put in a very difficult position. There's no way this administration didn't know that in yeah. this situation. So it, it's 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 a terrible thing of injustice, and not just as believers in Christ, as citizens in the country that helped make that happen. You know, there should be a sense of responsibility of at least from going from the standpoint of going these poor people who don't have any other option. You know, you're 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 throwing them to one of the worst forms of of uh, you know a government takeover and and hostile situation, and they and they you got to realize the Taliban came in, they took over every farm, they took over every a, a friend of mine just jumped over the fence of his own land where he had grown vegetables, took a few cucumbers from his own garden, and they were going to cut off his hands. Because he took cucumbers from his own garden because the Taliban had taken over and said, this no longer belongs to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, this had been in his family for seven generations, this this home and this, you know, mm -hmm. and they just came in and rolled in and then tried to cut his hands off from taking his the, the very vegetables that he had planted himself on his own soil. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is just an evil, demonic plot to destroy yeah. A group of people that were on the verge of one of the most powerful revivals this world has ever seen, I believe, mm -hmm. and what I was able to be a part of. And so the devastation of where they're at is just, you know, they're in, they're in shock and they're in awe. And the thing of it mm -hmm. is that I love is that not one of them want to stay of the believers. Yeah. They want to go back. They want to see their, their nation. And of course, we're, we're, you know, all the people, we have hundreds of people, as you know, Jeff, that we're taking care of yeah. hundreds of, that where there is no refugee program in some of the nations they're in and neighboring countries to Afghanistan. We're feeding them. We're housing them. We're training them. We're, we're we have ongoing care for them because they've just been thrown out. They, they don't even speak the language of the nation that they're in mm -hmm. and stuff. And so caring for them, watching out for them, providing for them, you know, securing housing for them, you know, so that they can, you know, many of them needed medical care that they couldn't get, uh, you know, and, and now, you know, we're able to help in all that. And so, it's it's just crucial that we continue to see this as us as the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. You know, and continuing, yeah. especially for those who have served very faithfully. You know, again, none of these people, they weren't fleeing because they wanted a better, an upgrade. You know, they were fleeing because they were literally trying to save their wives and their children from being in slavery and being taken as child brides and all these horrific circumstances that could happen to them. And, and many of them had, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's just it, the stories are horrific. But at the same time, what we're hearing now are pretty incredible. Just what the Lord is doing, despite, you know, the horrors of what took place. Yeah. So uh, people are probably wondering right now, do you know of any off the top of your head of any ways or organizations that people can partner with to reach out yes. to refugees? On our website, uh, RobbieDawkins.com forward slash partner. If you just go to our partner page, you know, we're, we're, we're still continuing to take contributions and, and helping with that. There's many other great organizations. Some of them have stopped. Some, one of the biggest ones, you know, uh, finally shut down their operation. And I, I respect the fact that they did that because they could have kept receiving money, 
you know, to do stuff and then not being able to do it. But, mm -hmm. you know, the ongoing efforts, we're still taking care of hundreds of Afghans, uh, you know, and 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 uh, taking care of uh, those two. There's there's many that we're uh, working on that are in the U.S. refugee system that we're wanting to bring here to do ongoing training and equipping uh, for that time to send them back. We're also working of transporting people uh, into safer nations many of them you know the, the the nations that surround afghanistan none of those are really safe right uh but uh trans you know uh, you know transferring them over into safer places where we can do ongoing as you know we're we're starting schools uh power evangelism to equip and to train uh afghans the iranians uh many of the people in in the muslim world uh that are the indigenous people of those nations to raise them up as an incredible army of god to to win their nations to Christ. That's an ongoing part of that. When this crisis is over, you know, that will continue to go on. Uh, that's a part of my vision and has been for many, many years. And uh, to start those, you know, throughout the Muslim world and to see them, um, you know, I'm, I'm in, uh, I, I'm heading back every month uh, looking after the people, but then also uh, trying to build other relations and, and things yep. like that and working together. Uh, so there's great opportunities. There's, it's still an ongoing need. The need has not stopped mm -hmm. uh, and, and it persists. And so, um, you know, uh, we appreciate anything that anyone can do and anything that, especially if the Lord lays on your heart, I don't want you to hear just the plea and, you know, see the pictures that, that, that all tug on our hearts, right. just something based on emotion, but really ask the Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? One of the things that we've found, man, that has been so powerful in this, just had some missionaries here uh, that are in Jordan that are doing mission work in Jordan here at my house mm -hmm. last night and awesome. and just hearing their stories and what they're doing. And I'll be doing, going there to do some equipping there for their, their group and uh, the people that they're reaching. But uh, to, to understand that the seeds that are being sown in the Muslim world right now are taking root. They are mm -hmm. germinating Fast. Right. These people are seeing a, a, an incredible revival throughout the Muslim world. You got to realize in Iran, uh, young people are leaving. I, I walked around the university in Kabul and, and never heard one student say, you know, uh, you know, I'm a devout Muslim. I, they were all like, tell me about Jesus. I want to know wow. about Jesus. I'm sick of Islam. I'm sick of not just the radical Islam, all of it. I don't believe in it. I'm not buying into it. Help, help me understand who Jesus really is and understand, you know, what he's about. I mean, it's really incredible the hunger that is throughout the Muslim world to know and to understand Jesus. And of course, when it comes through a power encounter, man, when you give a, a word of knowledge or you give a prophetic word or something that's revealing or people get healed or they touch and they feel the manifest presence of God. I mean, Jeff, it's just breath. And for them, they don't have any of that. I mean, right. at least in certain faiths here, they could, they could be cessationists and don't believe in signs and wonders for today uh -huh. you know, that can blow their mind. But in Islam, you know, none of that should be happening. And all of a sudden when it does, the power that that opens them up for, you know, to receive and to want to go into that relationship with Christ and, and, you know, to say, as Jesus said to the woman at the well in Samaria, uh, Samaria, you know, that look, you know, this is going to start a wellspring inside of you. Other people are going to come drink of the water that's going to come out of your life. Mm. And so when they hear that message and they see that power, man, they're like, they're hooked. Yeah. And, and, and throughout, you know, so many 
parts of the Muslim world, you know, Muslims are very, uh, uh, they have a very spiritual side. They're very mystical, but, but, okay. but you can seize that as an opportunity to bring the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they have that encounter, they're like, man, this is it. You wow. know, this, this, I've never experienced this, never seen this. This is, why isn't everybody doing this? Is yes. a common question they're they're asking. Well, and, and my question, uh, really quick, in regards to the Quran, is do they uh, does the Quran tell supernatural stories in it? I've never, I've only read like small excerpts of the Quran. Um, so, is it are there signs and wonders told about within the Quran? If you're talking to a Muslim, they'd say yes. If you looked at the Surats and read them, you'd be like, eh, I don't know about that. You yeah. Know? Of course, Muhammad claims to have gone to the moon. He claims to, you know, jump off, you know, the mount uh, in in uh, Jerusalem, you know, where the where the Dome of the Rock is, yeah. and if, uh, that he entered into heaven. All of that is a play on the gospel, you know, because he knew he he says that that's what Jesus did too. That Jesus didn't actually die on the cross. That it was actually Judas who died on the cross, and Jesus projected his face onto Judas's face. Now, many yeah. Muslims get confused though when they read the scripture and all of a sudden Jesus says which is actually in their understanding supposed to be Judas when he says father forgive them for they don't know what they do they're like well Judas who would be a criminal who would be a liar a thief and all these other how why would he say father forgive them for they know and so they immediately go this is this was Jesus because they read things like that and they see through the lies that they've been told and the deception that have been communicated to yeah. them and over and over, but signs and wonders. I mean, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? The book of Acts still works. Come on. You no, know, this was God's plan to bring the entire world to him was the demonstration of power that would lead them to believe the word that we preach. That's so good. And so it is, it is key. You've got no game in the Muslim world with just apologetics. Mm. You will not win Muslims to Christ. You may win a few periodically here and there, but the only way you're going to truly win a Muslim over to the, your faith is with a demonstration of power. Yeah. Because they have to have that. I have encountered, I have experienced this. This is not just words. This is real. This is truth. Yeah. And then when they do, man, it's, it blows them away. So in the Quran, mm. they hear these stories that when you hear them, you're like, Ooh, that just sounds like it's a little too. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> to the moon from the earth is, yeah. well, you know. And so there's a lot of that stuff that they, they begin to see through and they begin to go, well, yeah, I mean, I could, I, you know, maybe that was working back in three or 600, whatever, but today yeah. it's not really flying. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, there's there's a lot of that 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 gets exposed, you know, in there. And so their context. Now, what a lot of them believe they do believe in miracles. They do believe that if certain imams, you know, pray or, or that they pray in the name of, of historic imams, you know, that they could possibly see miracles happen. They do have a certain certain of the sects of okay. of, of of Islam believe that. But when all of a sudden us is just average followers of Christ, you know, not necessarily with, you know, acting like we've got any superpowers or anything like that, but they don't realize we're carrying the superpower, you know, when all of a sudden they have an encounter and experience, some of them may actually think this is demonic. You know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, we see the movie Aladdin and we think it's so cute and all this genies are demons. 
And so, oh, wow. yeah, throughout the Arab world, a genie is a demon. And so they're not good. They're not pleasant. Wow. They're not, you know, I had no uh, idea. Yeah. And so all of a sudden they're thinking you may be operating out of genie power of out of demonic power versus then the power of Christ. Now that served me well uh, in certain countries where all of a sudden they're like, well, wait a minute, I'm scared of you because you've got power that, that could be, you know, but then once they experience the power in the presence, they realize, Oh, wait a minute. I feel peace. I feel joy. Mm, I feel contentment. So I feel, and they realize, wow. Oh wait, that can't be of the devil because they know that the devil can't make you feel peace, joy, and, 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 you know, and, and the sense of God's presence. So then they, they begin to go, wait a minute, this must be, you know, truly God. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. And so all of a sudden things begin to shift and change. And, and there's a, there's a difference, you know, that occurs then you know, when they have that experience in that encounter, but Mm -hmm. it is the only way to see them. So they do have a context for it, but you have to help them understand this can only be through Jesus Christ. And this can only come through, you know, through that. A lot of people, everybody who engages with Muslims, don't make the mistake of, let me tell you something. We, we sort of see these, uh, I forget her name, but the, 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 the Congresswoman who's the Muslim, uh, oh, yeah. I- Ilan Omar or something Omar, like that. Yeah, yeah. Omar, yeah. yeah. One of the things like they, they look and they go, oh, well, if I kind of go middle of the road with them, they'll respect me. Like if I go, yeah, Muhammad was good. Yeah, I could believe he was maybe a prophet, you know, and they try to go middle of the road. Muslims don't respect that. Really? Muslims, Muslims respect de- de- people being devout. Mm. They respect you being strong in yeah. your faith. Solid. Going middle of the road doesn't help. If you if you try to do that, they'll they'll see you as weak. They'll see you as not really believing. And that's the reason why so many of them don't come here and end up embracing Christ is because they see the church here in the West as being very weak and very being very in the middle of the road and not having that 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 respect for devotion and being devout in it. And so it 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 just it it's it's something, it's a mistake to do that. At the same time, be loving. Mm. Be compassionate, be kind, you know, uh, come in peace. You know, remember the statement of Jesus, look for the man of peace, look for the person of peace, be peaceful with people, be loving with people, because the truth is, is that's a demonstration of Christ's power, mm-hmm. you know, because love, joy, peace the, to us, they're beautiful, wonderful. Well, in the king to the, to Satan's kingdom, those are weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Those destroy his kingdom that annihilates his system. And so approaching with loving and kindness and, and, and being love translates mm. going middle of the road and going and just stopping and saying, well, no, I'm sorry. I don't believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. I do not believe, you know, that Muhammad was a real prophet. I do not believe it, but I love you and I care mm. about you and I'm here to love you. And I'm here to demonstrate to you how much Jesus really loves you and pray for them. Don't, again, don't go middle of the road. There's many times I'll, I'll pay a bill at a restaurant. I'll, I'll see a Muslim couple over there in the corner and I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll pay the bill and I'll, I'll tell them, I said, let me see the receipt when you're done. And I'll write on there, this is a gift from Jesus demonstrating he is God and that he loves you. Wow. And just write a little note. You could do little things like that. If you, if you're, you know, I don't mind stepping over to them and talking to them at all and do many, 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 many times. But mm-hmm. sometimes I just want to drop that little seed in there that, that, that blows their mind 
that shows man, because it's 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 quite the statement. It's quite yeah. the, the the communication. But then on top of that, praying for them. I've never had a Muslim that I've prayed for that hasn't felt the power of the Spirit. Wow. They are very susceptible to the power of the Holy Spirit. I prayed for many mm. Christians who haven't, but I yeah. have <laughs> a Muslim who hasn't felt it. Yeah. And so when you go, expect the Holy Spirit to show up. God's mm. in hot pursuit of those people. Come on. And wow. you're a part Come of that Spirit. pursuit. And yeah. so you're the key for them to having that encounter. Mm-hmm. Don't pull back from it. Be loving, be compassionate, but be assertive and be strong in your faith and watch God turn things upside down and open them up. You know, they're, they're, they're blown away by it. Yeah. So this is what you're talking about is, is this, is that more your approach stateside or does some of that translate over to when you're actually in the Middle East? When I'm, you know, when in Afghanistan, in Iran, in, in, uh, you know, Iraq and other Muslim countries, typically what I do is I'll just go out, you know, you may have, I think you've seen it. Me wearing my shirt, Jesus God. <laughs> yeah. You know, it. it's on our web page. We've got it. Yeah. In, in, it just Google it, everybody. Why not? Can... It's got Arabic and back. We're yeah. we're like, you know, my my friends from Jordan last night were so excited. They're like, give us those t shirts. You know, we love yeah. it. You know, and I'm like, well, don't forget that can even get you killed in Jordan. Don't yeah, please <laughs> yeah. know that before you put it out. <laughs> you know, they're not afraid of it because they're they're like, you know, but it'll bring people to a relationship with Christ. And so, yeah. uh, but when we go there, you know we're looking for people to pray for we're looking for we're stepping out on the street we're not i'm not necessarily doing paying the bill and i've done that in a lot in england you know and in different parts of europe where there was heavy muslim populations but going just going there and saying look can i pray for you i just want to pray for you to be healed or if you let me pray for you jesus will heal your ankle right now you know that's a risky thing to say but that's what faith is is risk And so looking at them and and using that authority by saying, this is going to happen as I pray for you, this is going to take place. This is what's going to happen. You pray for them, they get touched, they get healed. Their mind is blown. And then just say, now the fact that Jesus just touched you is him inviting you to a relationship, praying for them to feel the manifest presence, tingling, heat, warmth, a weightiness, the kabod of God's glory Mm. on them. You know, the, the tingling and the heat is more of the Shekinah, but then the Kabbad, the heavy wit, the, the intensity of God's presence, him being real, you know, in that moment. And then saying the fact that you're feeling that that's Jesus inviting you to a relationship. He's pursuing you. He wants a relationship. They, they're like, yes, yes, because they feel it. They yeah. can't deny what they're encountering. And what people need throughout the Muslim world is an encounter with Jesus, not just the words, not just, again, the apologetic explanation. But when they have that encounter, they're going to want more of that. They're going to be hooked on that. They're going to be like, yes, this is the most real thing I've ever experienced. I want a relationship with that Jesus, Mm. you know, and because none of them have had that in Islam. They haven't felt that. They haven't experienced that. And so when all of a sudden they get that experience, so you tell them, Immediately, Jesus just healed you, and that was him inviting you into a relationship. Other people standing around, the fact that you saw this, that was Jesus inviting you to a relationship. Mm. How many of you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus right now? That same power that just healed his leg now is wanting to come in Mm. and heal your life, heal you from loneliness, depression, Mm. sadness, you know, which every Muslim is struggling with. They're all battling that because they're in a demonic stronghold. Absolutely. It's holding them in captivity. They want to be free from it. They just don't know that that's the only way to get free. Mm -hmm. And so when you pray for them and they have that experience and they feel that. Now, I'll tell you this. It's a little bit more challenging in the Western world 
because they're so used to, you know, the prejudice or they're used to the, you know, the, the uh, conflict of it. And so they're, they're post 9-11. Yes. Yeah. yeah, They're more resistant. They're more cautious, you know, give them space to be, that's where you need the more relational type stuff. But over there, they're just like, yes, yes, I felt that. I want to believe because mm. they've never felt anything like that, wow. you know, from uh, from following Allah and from following. And and let me just say right now, Allah is not Jehovah. Let me just make that really clear, okay? Because a lot of people are, I, I know throughout missions in the Muslim world, we want to be able to say that to find some common ground. Contextualizing the gospel kind trying of thing. To come, yeah. Trying to provide a contextualization. Everybody, every, and of course, you know this with your missions uh, training and experience. You know, we want, to, we want to bring some sort of context, relatable context. But the problem is, is we see that as a bridge, but that can be very confusing in the long run. But yeah. explaining to them what they experience in their encounter. And I say that because a friend of mine made a movie called Same God. And basically saying Allah and Jehovah were one and the same. Wow. I do not see that in scripture and I cannot verify no. that and stand behind that. As well, and you even have to look at the character of Allah yeah. versus the character of Jehovah. And, I, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this story when I was in Varanasi, India, it's right along the Ganges River. There was a ministry we worked with talking about for those of that need maybe a little bit more example of contextualizing the gospel this is a perfect example of what not to do and it was a ministry that we worked with we didn't know this at the time but they would go down to the ganges river where there's all these people that are burning their loved ones that have passed or they're tying a stone around them and dropping them into the ganges river and there's just temple after temple after temples very heavy very dark place and they would go there they would set up a rock and they would try and tell people, hey, this rock is God. You can worship him. And I'm like, mm, I, um, a swing and a miss, guys. You know. And I think that there is this effort to kind of over-process. Like God's power is God's power. And through your testimony, what you've been saying, it is absolutely crucial that we operate in his, his power. Absolutely. Signs and wonders. Absolutely. And I think that there is an over-process here in America, even what you're talking about with like talking to Muslims, like, well, I believe Muhammad was a good man and, and he could have been a prophet and all this stuff. And you're trying to, you end up just becoming lukewarm. And I think that's right. something that I've seen even in missions is, is this over-processing how to communicate something. I'm like, the power is the power. Like, right. and, and, and I think there's a reason why, you know, like, this Bible is still applicable today, like it was thousands of years ago. It's because God's power is God's power, and and there's this constant effort to reevaluate, rework, redesign to better communicate, to make ourselves more relevant or relatable. And I'm like, God's power is God's power is God's power, and and we actually step out, and in faith, God rewards that. Yeah, you may not see somebody get healed right away that you can see, but be obedient to that. Like put the scripture in practice. You get what I'm saying, man. I'm yeah. very fired up. <laughs> no, it's good. That's good yeah. preaching right there. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people use, uh, you know, Mars Hill as an example for trying to use in contextualization. But also remember, Mars Hill didn't end really well. You know, they turned mm -hmm. on Paul, they beat him, left him for dead, you know, outside the city. I mean, right. it didn't it didn't work for I, 
I respect Paul's attempt of trying to find neutral. You see him take a totally different approach in Acts 19 when he's coming into Ephesus and, you know, with Diana and, and uh, you know, the, the approach of that was completely. And what he did is, which is people need to pay attention to, is even the the goldsmith and silversmiths that were making these goddesses, you know, stop and say to him or stop and say, hey, these guys aren't speaking against the God. They're not speaking against this idol that we worship. They're not saying these bad things about it. That's something we as believers need to focus on too. Don't go in speaking against anything. Go in speaking about Jesus. Mm. Go in speaking about the truth. Don't speak against anything. Be the positive in the in the communication of of what is you know love, joy, peace, the things that 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 are inviting and that are welcoming in forgiveness of sin. That's not being preached in Islam. You know, that's not a message of, of redemption is not really there. You know, it's mm. trying to live this absolute perfect life that we all know none of us can live yeah. without Christ. And so his perfection is, you know, given to us. But realizing that, you know, to make this, uh, you know, Paul, you know, again, by 19 in Ephesus, he realizes, wait a minute, I've got to just stick with the gospel. I got to stick with the truth. And just don't worry about, again, speaking against anything or trying to even finding the middle road, I'm not saying is a bad thing, mm -hmm. but just don't get distracted with that. Stay focused on Jesus and you're fine. Mm -hmm. And as you do, you'll see that, you know, and, and there's a lot of friends of mine that, that work in the Muslim world that try to, they, they get into the peacekeeping side of things and peace relations. And I just want to, if I could just say this to that, I, I love people pursuing peace. We want to be men and women of peace. I get that. Yeah. But there is a mistake when we compromise the message and we make the message about saying that we're loving and we're being peaceful and trying to find common ground. But then when we sacrifice the gospel itself, mm -hmm. you know, many of those people, when uh, believers were being persecuted in in the Coptic church in in uh, in Egypt and, you know, uh, several years ago, they came out speaking against uh, the Christians. These are Christians speaking against other Christians, you know, because they were publicly communicating their faith. Well, that's what we're instructed to do in the scripture. And so, yeah, yeah no, no, no. We need to be at peace. With, well, Jesus said, hey, people are hollering peace, peace. And I came to bring a sword. I came to mm -hmm. divide the sheep and the goats. I mean, we got to realize that we have to be public about our faith. We have to communicate strong about our faith. There's so many NGOs around the world that were even in Afghanistan. Christian organizations that would tell their people, do not preach the gospel. Do yeah. not hear the gospel. I've heard that too. You know, come here, yeah. do relief work and do all these other things. Well, you don't see that as, as the demonstration of Jesus. You come in, you see the forgiveness of sin, the repentance of sin and transformation power through his blood. Through Don't change that. Don't get off and get distracted thinking like I've met missionaries in Afghanistan who were in there for five years, Jeff, that never left their house. Their children were in their house, never shared the gospel what? with one person, but they're saying, oh, we're being liked because we live in Afghanistan. And they're getting financial support to just sit in a house and do nothing. Wow. They don't even know the language after five years. I've met some missionaries that were very unloving and, yeah, didn't even know 
the languages of the country they're in. I'm like, why are you here? Why are you here? Yeah. And why are you taking money from people that are actually wanting to come in and preach the gospel and yeah. actually want to listen? Everything has got to be about gospel presentation. I love. I've got friends who are former Navy SEALs and a part of Christian military groups that rescue people and do all. That's all fine and wonderful. I love that. You know that they're in parts of the world fighting for freedom. For God bless them. I love that. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, the gospel has to be central to everything that we do. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be central. I mean, it's not okay That's just good. to go into a nation and rescue people from harm, but not share the greatest news that will transform yeah. and revolutionize their lives forever. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just not okay to do and to be that. We've got to keep the gospel central in everything that we do. Mm. And it's and not okay to sit at home and not share with your neighbors, yeah. or, everybody or here. Water it down, yes. or you know, like I mean, that's really the thing that I feel like a lot is is happening a lot over here in the states. And something that I we're almost out of time, but something that I had I um I was listening to a testimony of an Iranian Christian, and she was talking about how badly she wanted to go back to Iran because. And she fled circumstances very similar to uh, Afghanistan in that, you know, it was like some kind of Taliban rule or something like that. And she was like, I want to go back. I want to go back. Like, it's I feel sleepy here. Um, yes. stateside, you know, and obviously everywhere you go, everywhere you go in the world, you're going to have challenges uh, as a believer. Satan is going to try and attack. But for us here, we just get sleepy. We really do. I'm guilty of it. Absolutely. You know, so I'm not condemning anybody, um, you know, and I just think that that's very telling of like an active faith. It, if I'm actively pursuing the presence of God, if I'm actively pursuing being obedient to him, that sleepiness lifts. It really does. And I think that, um, you know, and reaching out and actually doing what the gospel says we're supposed to do. How about that? You know, like you actually start to see the fruit of it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so true. We've got to wake up and we've got to shake, you know, off the slumber and get engaged. I mean, this yeah. is what we're called to do, to, yeah. to truly say we're followers of Christ. We've got to have that evidence of it, you know? Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, Robbie. Well, um, you know, uh, pr just pray for the people as you feel had, uh, led. But one thing I actually feel like maybe pray for is the people that don't care. Right. Like they're hearing what we're saying and they're just like, I know I'm supposed to care and I don't like, can you ask for just an impartation of God's heart Absolutely. for those people as well? Go for Father, it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for everybody who's on here. And by the authority of Christ, I just pray, Lord, that, that we would shake ourselves off as, you know, even Paul, as he's picking up the firewood on the island and he's bit by the serpent, uh, he doesn't curse the serpent. He doesn't even pray for healing. For He just shakes it off. And Lord, I pray that we would shake off the slumber, that we would shake off these distractions, that we would shake off these things that are robbing us. There's so many, there's people right now that are watching that you're in depression that you're in, you're struggling with panic attacks and even anxiety. And I just hear the Lord saying, it's because you're focused on your feeling rather than focused on your purpose. Mm. And God's saying, get plugged back into your purpose, share the gospel. Let me tell you something, the way to break off depression and a heaviness is to engage in eternal purpose. And as you begin to do that, you're going to see your depression go. You're going to see all of these other things be broken that are that are robbing you this sense of just sort of aimlessly wondering and not having that sense even some that 
uh, have been uh, suicidal because of it, because there's this sense of loss. The Lord's saying, shake all that off by communicating and sharing your faith, by communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ, by being bold in it. And you will see yourself come alive because it gives you eternal purpose other than just dependent on what you feel of the here and now. That's very significant to some people. And for those who are just struggling with that, I don't care. It's not my problem. It's not, Lord, I just pray that you would release to us a, a sense of responsibility, a burden for the kingdom to realize when we stand before you at the end of these days and we're standing at the Bema seat, that we want to hear you say, well done. We want to hear you say you did good and that you followed through with what I said. You followed and you cared about those who weren't being cared for. And Father, right now, I just pray that people would do that. For some of you, it may be going to my website and, and contributing to this cause. For others of you, it may be going and reaching refugees in your neighborhood that are there right now, that are reaching mm -hmm. and being loving and being compassionate and sharing the love of Christ and demonstrating the truth that Jesus is the one to follow and not some false religion that has led them into deception and into slavery and bondage that they're really looking to get out of. Lord, I pray mm -hmm. that you would release to all of us that eternal urgency that says break free from the chains of lethargy, break free from the chains of, of oppression, and be released by engaging in the eternal purpose of spreading the truth and seeing global transformation for the glory of our great King. Lord, let that be released to all of us right now. The power mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit is coming. Many of you are feeling tingling and heat. Some of you are feeling even a stirring in your stomach. That is the power of the Spirit of God that is falling on you now and calling you to engage in higher purpose mm -hmm. and the purpose of his kingdom. And right now I pray for a release of the Holy Spirit power to fall on you. Some of you are going to have dreams tonight of where to go, who to talk to, obey and follow, and more direction will come as you do. As you step out and you obey that, and you follow through with that, the Holy Spirit's going to give you more in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen. Amen, man. Amen. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, Robbie, how can people obviously you got RobbieDawkins.com. What are some other ways that people can follow you as, uh, as you Instagram, do what you do? Facebook. Uh, I'm on there. We are, we're constantly doing update videos and, and sending information of how people can plug in and updates on how the Afghans are doing. We have a newsletter. If you go to that, again, RobbieDawkins.com forward slash partner, there's a, where you can sign up. We'll give you information that you're not getting from the media. I mean, we have to realize media, the, the public media right now is pretty much propaganda machines for the different mm -hmm. political parties. Appreciate it. <laughs> that's just the way it is. But um, but really find out what's happening and what's taking place. And, 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 and again, more than anything, pray. Be praying for these brothers and sisters find Afghan refugees in your community, reach out and love them and, and see how God shows up and just transforms their lives, man. It'll hook you for the rest of your life. I assure you. Amen. Amen. Well, Robbie, thank you so much, man. It's, Thanks, it's sir. always a pleasure. God bless. This has been Elijah fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.